This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What is up? This is um, a good week to talk about Caps hockey. Let's go. Let's go. Undefeated, if you didn't know. But, uh, you know, Polly, I always say I'm never wrong. And today, I proved that. <laughs> yeah. N- never <laughs> wrong. <laughs> You know what else isn't wrong is downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 68 teams started the tournament. Only the best have survived. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $100, turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. If you didn't know math, pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at picking at winning $100. All it takes is $1 bet and that team winning their next game. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers daily odds, boosts on pro basketball, hockey, golf, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN. Caps fans, if you like this show at all and you like gambling and you don't do this, you're fucking dead to us. So thank us later. <laughs> thank us later. Thank you us know, later. <laughs> talking about, you know, just let's just talk about basketball for a second, you know. Okay. I, I was watching, uh, uh, I think it was today, the Arkansas no, it was yesterday. The Arkansas Oral Roberts game. So Oral Roberts, they're a 15 seed. Right. They were one shot away from making it into oh. the Elite Eight. Um, but, you know, Oregon State is a 12 seed and UCLA is an 11. So they're in the Elite Eight. It's good to see some, some lower numbers make it. Three of the four number one seeds have advanced to the Elite Eight. So, so far the experts are mostly correct. Uh, well, I guess no, half correct, you know, because there's um, there's a one, there's three one seeds, a two and a three, and then you've got a twelve and an eleven. So, uh, USC and Oregon are having a probably a, a rare conference matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. I'm not sure how often that happens. It's probably uh, probably fun to see a conference rival in the Sweet Sixteen. So. Yeah, USC and Oregon are playing for the right to play Gonzaga on Monday. Interesting, Gonzaga is that such a Virginia school? Gonzaga, right? DC, Washington State. Oh, 
there. Right. <laughs> Wrong Washington. Yeah, dude. So it's crazy because we when we were in um or when I when I played hockey out in uh in Fairfax, Virginia, we would play the Purple Puck tournament at Fort DuPont and mm-hmm. Gonzaga was a was a school there. Well, uh, you know, friend of the friend of the pod, Grant Van Lar, when he was coaching my high school, Wheeling Central, he coached mm. us to my senior year championship and he was with the, the program for three, maybe four more years, and I think it was their second season, my little brother's freshman year, they went and played the purple puck and they may have won. Well, there's several divisions in it, but uh they probably I think they played, played like prep. No, they they didn't win it. No, they didn't. But they did. I think they beat Gonzaga. No, that's cool. That's who hosts it, right? So that's why they call it a purple puck. But yeah. uh, awesome. Anyways, cool stuff. Um, I say we just pop some tabs and get right into it, Polly. What do you think? Yeah. One, two, three. Oh, and by the way, to, to book in that, you should definitely go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. So there's there's the end of the plug. We just went yeah. off on a on a tangent there. Uh, Caps fans, we got some great league news for you as usual, and we are going to um, you know obviously discuss this perfect week that we've recently had. So strap in, yeah. Um, Polly, I think the first thing that we need to talk about is how fucking stupid refs are. <laughs> okay, so yeah. so you you know yeah, I hate that referees, was... right? Well, I know you do. Um, right. Uh, I was one for a season, and I have since done some uh, – I've roughed a few roller hockey games in the summer just for a little bit of extra cash. So, you know, I can I can kind of empathize with referees. Fuck. Um, but, you know, this, this Tim Peel thing, uh, I'm not surprised by it. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't upset me. So, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, I'm just, I love seeing a ref go down. Like when refs get hit in the, like, or taken out, you know, a linesman falls down, whatever. It's like my greatest joy aside from like the Caps winning and OV scoring. <laughs> it makes me laugh, dude. Come on. When a ref gets like beat up or or hit, I mean, come on. I yeah, love but, to see referees in pain. Yeah, but think about this. Okay. Pick up hockey. Pick up hockey is fun. You love the game. You love to play no matter what. Yeah. But let's be let's be honest here. Hockey okay. is more fun when there's a referee involved. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. And that's but that adds my to my fury because it's like impotent <laughs> rage because they have to be there. Like they have They're to be there to make evil. the yeah, they they have to be there. They're a necessary evil, like you said, right? So yeah, and and them having to be there to to get the most out of your like hockey playing experience is even worse. That makes me resent <laughs> them more. Um, so, Capstans, if you didn't know, Tim Peel got caught on a hot mic uh, during a commercial break where he said something along the lines of, uh he wanted to call a penalty on Nashville because quote, I quote, because he wanted to get one on them early. And that's a reference to calling a penalty on them early so that, uh, you know, you could have a makeup call later 
or to keep the game under control physically uh, between yeah. the teams, which is a, if you didn't know, a pretty common tactic amongst hockey referees and especially in the NHL. I think that, um, you know, and, and it's a weird gap, right? Because, you know, I fucking hate referees as, as we've talked about, uh, but I feel like he's in the mindset that he needs to control the game. The refs do. Right. Tim Peel thinks that he needs him and his squad need to control the game. And it's a double edged sword there. Right. Because, yeah, he's right. He needs to call the proper calls or, you know, and, and you know, your team in the NHL, especially a team takes a bad penalty or maybe a, a penalty where they're overarching little reaching there a little bit with the physicality, especially. And they'll tone it down. I mean, I think it's a very clear goalpost. Like this is a benchmark. You can't pass this. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, this is, you just say, yeah, but I mean, this is like so common knowledge, <laughs> right? For any yeah. hockey player, like when you, um, when, when a game gets out of hand, you're, you're looking at the ref, like, okay, what's he going to call? It's either going to be us or them. Let's not let yeah. it be us. Right. True. And you know, when a game does get out of hand, first thing people want to do is point to the ref and say, this is your fault because you <laughs> lost control. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Because it is their fault. Fuck them. Fuck them. They deserve all the ire. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, this brings me to an interesting story of our hearkening back to our, our college playing days. Um, uh, shout out West Lib, uh, college, college hockey sport or club hockey. Um, you know, it is an interesting debate because as a player, you know the refs are out there to help protect players and keep things even and, you know, keep the game under control, not make it a fucking shit show like we've done multiple times in this league uh, with just ridiculous fights and just making it slap shot style embarrassment. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, they, they need to they need to they need to dial. I mean, they need to have a good feel for it. Right. Tim Peel, you could argue, didn't. Um, and on on top of that, it's almost like this kind. It's it's like a verifying what every hockey fan already knew that this that you know all the way down from mites to pros it's the same way same kind of um ideology for the refs but i do have this story long story short to a longer story was that you know we had this guy on our team in college who will rename remain unnamed but he was a fucking nutcase i mean he was absolutely off his fucking rocker some of these games uh, and he had a reputation in our area for being an absolute fuckhead, right? Like, I mean, he would run around, had no regard for anybody's safety. And, uh, you know, I loved playing on his team. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to catch a butt into the teeth through the, my fucking cage from, from this guy. Right. Um, I mean, crazy shit, uh, you know, didn't care. Um, and First period ends, the refs have called like three really ticky-tacky bullshit penalties on him. Three in the first period. And I happen to know the ref and his buddy, and it was a two-ref system, right? Because we're not cool enough for the four or three even. Uh, I think there was one ref and one linesman. Um, probably because we couldn't afford to pay a third guy, right, Pauly? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> So while while you're out there, you know, you wearing the C and I'm wearing the A and uh 
you're over, you know, herding the children into the locker room. And I'm like, I go to the fucking, I go to the ref and I tell, I tell this guy, I go, I, I just skate up to him and I say, you want a fucking bloodbath on your hands? And he's like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, if you keep call, like, call the bad shit. We know he's a shithead. Call the, call the obvious stuff. But if you keep calling this ticky tacky play, you're going to send us all over the edge and you know, and we were playing Marshall at the time who we had a pretty rough <laughs> history with in the sense of like fighting and being shitheads to each other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I told him, Hey, you know, if you want this ticket, if you continue the calling the calls the way that, you know, you are against this one guy targeting him to try to like keep him under control, you know, that shit's not going to happen. Call the dumb shit. No doubt. But he was actually like, I felt like at that game, this player in question was really trying to make a concerted effort to not be a shithead, which made it even more frustrating for us. Uh, and at this point, the game was like somewhat close. So, uh, you know, I just said that and I was like, look, it's up to you. <laughs> but if you want to be shoveling blood off the ice every five minutes, uh, you know, just call it straight. Like we get the message, you know, comes yeah. out. Next period, and uh, from the rest, I mean, I'm sure that the guy that in question got a couple more penalties, but it wasn't the egregious, just straight up targeting. You know, he touches a guy and and gets a penalty. So, yeah, I feel like that. It, that's an example, I guess, of the ref trying to really kind of control the game, but over you know overreaching a little bit here. And then we had to kind of tell him, and it was a good game, pretty peaceful, you know hard game everybody the game ended and we all went to the locker room and drank beers later yeah yeah um no and, and that's definitely the benefit of having that uh rapport with someone and i'm sure a lot of these guys have that with these i mean you hear some of the the banter that the refs have with the players you know they're mf and each other the ref and the player and oh yeah for the most part it, it seems like a pretty good relationship and and it just really sucks for this guy um there's conspiracy theories out there that he was going to retire. And so they were doing this to, to cheat him out of his retirement. But I'm pretty sure that they came out and said, he's still going to get his retirement. So, yeah. So um, they are kind of robbing him of the ceremonious, like sending him off into the sunset. That's for sure. And he is kind of being ousted from the league in disgrace. Uh, So definitely like a really big cock smack to the face from the NHL to Tim Peel, who is, worked for the league for, you know, two, like 20 something years, um, Mm -hmm. as a rep. Dishonorable discharge. Yeah. Right. I mean, not even, even worse. Right. Because it was pretty public and and everything else. Like, um, he, he will be getting paid though, from what I understand. And he is also like going to retain his like retirement and pension, everything else. It's not like it was a total thing. It was more, and that's what makes it even worse because, they know doing that would be an absolute shitbag move because they're already pulling a shitbag move, making Tim Peel this like whipping boy, you know, yeah. making an example of this person. And I, I would love to see how this conversation went down between the league and Tim Peel because it's like this is just confirming everything that anybody has ever known on uh, about the NHL and hockey in general. Um, but I think, you know, what is this going to do for the cha- for the league? Are they going to change? Fuck no. This is just this is just a, a show, dog and pony show. Yeah, um, yeah, and and 
I'm sure uh, Tim is uh, thanking goodness that uh, they have a union because if there wasn't, you know, a referee's union, he probably would have been stripped of all these things. Possibly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could, if you're going to, what are we like, are we supporting unions now here, Polly? Is that, is that the big, is that our podcast? Well, no, I don't, I, are we getting political? I think when it, when it comes to professional sports, it definitely benefits <laughs> the on ice, the on ice, uh, employees, whether it's referees or players to have right. a union. No, I agree. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, we done with that? Yeah, yeah. When I mean, I was just going to add one comment that, like, you know, always beware of the hot mic, folks. Uh, yeah. I feel like the, the hot mic is really how my podcasting career is going to end. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be the only appropriate way for it to end for you. <laughs> yeah. Disgraced because I said something too shitty. Um, well, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next, Polly? Uh, so... My snack time on Thursday will go into deeper detail on this, but congratulations to the Boston Pride. They defeated the Minnesota Whitecaps to win the Isabel Cup. It's their first cup since winning the inaugural cup in 2016. These were the teams that were slated to play last season before COVID decided to take a shit on the world and um, on a smaller level, sports world. So. Right. Uh, you know, congratulations to them. It was a it was a good tournament, and like I said, I'll get more into it on Thursday. Absolutely. So tune in on Thursday for snack time with Polly Cupcakes and his segment on the Isabel Cup. So what, what's what's next here? Patrick Marlowe ties Mark Messier, huh? Second most games ever played, one thousand seven hundred and fifty six. You know, he's still contributing this season. He's got six points in 32 games. Not bad for an old guy. Right. Uh, he's he's played 886 consecutive games since April 9th, 2009, which is the fourth longest streak in NHL history. Wow. He's 11 games behind Gordie Howe's all-time lead. So, assuming he stays healthy, he should break the re- – or he'll tie the record – on April 17th against the Minnesota Wild. Wow. Okay, so there's only 11 games between fourth and top, the most consecutive leading? Gordy no, Howe. no, his his consecutive streak was fourth, but he's, he's in second for most games played. Oh, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I guess I kind of broke that story up. He's... He's second most for games played, and he's 11 away from tying for the most ever played, and he's currently in the fourth longest consecutive streak. I'm so confused. <laughs> All right, but that's cool. So um, <laughs> the 886 here is fourth longest consecutive streak is what you're saying. Yeah. And so, he's who's where's is he going to be the most of anything here? Is yeah, he, he'll have the most regular season games played in all of history. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. Wow, and he's gonna he's gonna overcome Gordy on that one. Uh huh. Okay, that makes sorry. All right. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, folks. 
April 12th, 3 p.m., trade deadline, just so you know. Just so you know. There's already been some action. Eric Stahl has been traded to Montreal for a third and fifth round pick in the 2021 draft. Good God, Eric Stahl is so happy to be out of there. Um, oh, I bet. I, I mean, he got traded there in the offseason and looked like this is the worst thing ever. He didn't do bad there, you know. Uh, he he was a solid addition to the team, but then gets traded to Montreal for a third and fifth round pick. Um, poor Buffalo man. I mean, I don't. We don't really have to get too far into it, but they're in absolute turmoil. I think that they're really kind of just they. Everything that could have gone wrong for Buffalo, I feel like has. Right, none of their long term acquisitions have panned out. Skinner, who at the time of their signing was like. I was thinking like, oh man, Skinner might actually score like 50 goals one year. How crazy would that be? Um, you know, ex-figure yeah. skater, like <laughs> uh, amazing player, right? Right. Taylor Hall, you know, Ocposo. Like there's so many. I think that the really the only person they have on the back end is um, Ristolainen, you know? And Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, and Dahlin. And then... But then before, you know, t- two years ago, a year ago, um, Reinhardt and Olafson, they were the young guys that were going to like catapult them over the edge, like get that cheap. They were, they were the, the additions that were going to let them play or let them, uh, keep a $9 million a year guy like Jeff Skinner, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel really bad. I'm interested to see what happens with Buffalo. I think that if they, Get rid of Eichel. I mean, that's the trigger. Everybody's gone. None of those young players by the time, you know, I was just having a conversation about this. None of those young players, I don't think, you know, like Reinhardt, Olafson, you might as well sell the whole farm, right? You might as well get rid of literally everyone. Dolan, you know, maybe Darlene stays, maybe Ristolainen stays. But honestly, by the time that you're ready to make a cup run, if you get, if you're just saying full, full, full blown rebuild from top to bottom, those guys are going to be too old to compete, possibly. You know, they're going to be in like their early 30s by the time that the, the team is ready, right? If you're going to build through the draft. Yeah, I think this, for Buffalo to be competitive, it's going to be like a seven-year rebuild. Yeah, yeah. And that's crazy. That Yeesh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I truly do feel bad for Buffalo fans. Like, I've always felt bad for them, but I'm, they're all-time low right now. Yeah. I mean, at least the the city has a, a football future to look forward to. The the football team, at least that, that's something for them. And they've got the Buffalo Buttes NWHL team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure Eric Stahl, especially at this point in his career, is glad to go somewhere where he can have some fun. Right. Even if it is French Canada. Like, who cares? They're pumped. Yeah, I mean, at least it's he's going to the joke division. Right, exactly. And Janine says, shout out Janine, uh, Buffalo needs a complete revamping. We agree. We agree. We just yeah. hope that it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't hate Buffalo. They're just so pathetic. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, the or the Kings have, have acquired Brendan Lemieux from the Rangers for a fourth round pick in the 2021 draft. Uh, what do you think about this one? I like Brendan Lemieux. I think he's kind of got that like rat um, instinct. He's a physical guy. He'll throw him. Uh, and he's 
somewhat a con- contributor on the front end. I mean, he's a solid third liner. Yeah, I don't know why the Rangers wanted rid of him. Um, you I think it's I, a I don't move? see why they did this. I mean, you think they're? I think they're making room. Yeah, probably. I mean, they've got some high draft picks that they're going to have to pay in the next couple of years, and they've definitely been on an accelerated um, rebuild. I don't know. Maybe they're looking to make another move before the deadline, so they needed to clear some space. And they did also cut Tony D'Angelo, so they may be looking for a high yeah. dollar defenseman. Yeah, uh, someone that would probably be good is uh, Tyson Berry. I think he's second in points currently. Um, just you know, just someone off the top of my head. Yeah, um, and looking at TSN's trade bait list here, uh, there's a lot like Matha- Matthias Ekholm, <clears throat> you know, uh, David Savard. Looking at Goligoski. I mean, that guy's still kicking around at 35. He's got a uh, five million, five and a half million dollar cap hit, though. Um, Brandon Montour, Buffalo again. You know that's a younger guy. He's twenty six. Uh, could be a serviceable middle pairing or or lower pairing here. Um, also, Mark Stahl, Colin Miller again from Buffalo, uh, and then there's this kid Kulikov from New Jersey. He's he's well, he's actually thirty. But he's kind of like, as I said, kid. But uh, yeah. I don't know. He's he's a budget defenseman for sure. So pretty interesting to see. I have no idea what they're what they've got cooking, and it could be somebody who's you know a a legit name, a high dollar guy. Because you know, getting rid of Lemieux, he's like what? Pro- I'm guessing. I don't know, but like around a mil, and then. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is like a five million a year guy, so who knows what who knows what they're doing? Yeah. I think that the New York Rangers probably are the number one team that's outside looking in that has a shot to make it into this playoffs. I yeah. I think they have the best shot. I, I Philly is in turmoil, um, so and I think it's up to the either them or the Rangers. Yeah, I mean. You know, Boston's still in there, though. So No, I said outside looking in, though. Like, whoever's outside yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Boston, I mean, and that's the thing. Those three teams, I'd love for two of them to get in and then kick the Penguins out. Yeah, um, that would be beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the, uh, the Ducks acquire Alexander Volkov from Tampa Bay for forward prospect. Ant, who, Antone, Tone, Antoine, Antoine Moran, and a seventh round pick in the twenty twenty three draft. Uh, what is that? Is that more yeah. room making? I mean, are they making room? It. I'm so out of touch with teams that are outside of the division right now, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because there's so much news. That uh, there's so much news here that has been um, like go- the goings on of the Eastern Division, right? As far as you know, COVID, the actual performance of the team, trades, things like that, uh, the future of those teams, right? I feel like I'm hyper focused mm-hmm. on the you know eight teams or whatever that are in our division, and I'm not really even 
Like you, I literally couldn't tell you anything about like the LA Kings or Arizona this year. Yeah, me neither. And that's like I was even saying when I did my uh, my guest spot on the uh, Five for Talking last week. Shout um, out Five for Talking. Yeah, shout out Five for Talking. Um, you know, my my buddy John, that Solar Bear fan, he was asking me because he knows I'm a also an Avalanche fan, and I was saying I don't know if it's um, because the way the league is set up this season or if it's just because I'm so immersed in the podcast, I haven't even been following the avalanche and like, like yeah. they're they're like uh, before the season, I was like a 50 50 on terms of my fan, my fandom. And uh, I think, I mean, at this point I'm just checking scores and I think a part of it is the way the, the divisions are isolated. It's just so easy to not care about the rest of the league. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, by the way, great interview. I think you, thank you. I think you did a moderately good job of not mentioning the fucking podcast that you currently are on. You're very much, uh, a, we got to give you some like marketing, some, some plug advice. Cause you're, you're just like, start talking to them and, I'm like, yeah. okay, Polly, when are you going to like drop a handle, call out Caps Chirp at least a little bit? Um, anyways. I dropped a handle at the end. You did. You did. And I know it was kind of like a friendly interview. It, it, the interview itself was pretty good, dude. So good job for that. Thank, thank you. <laughs> um, But yeah, dude, I mean, to your point, there's no incentive for us to be following any other team. Um there's enough news going on now. And, you know, obviously we're, we're doing this, the podcast with, you know, I'm a huge caps fan. I know you are too. So, and yeah. to be completely honest, the caps are honestly of incredibly exciting team to be following right now and covering. So we're very, yeah. very, uh, very thankful for that. But, uh, you know, and to your point, like Colorado is not bad, but I, when I look at the standings, I look at Colorado and I think they're kind of lagging, but Again, I know yeah. nothing about it. So, uh, there you and go. we're not going to see anyone from another division until the conference finals. Yeah. So it's crazy. So, yeah, like there's no point in even like worrying about it until playoffs mm-hmm. and even a couple rounds in. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's your trade updates, uh, Caps fans, just so you are still informed about the other teams in the NHL. There has also been a signing um, after the conclusion of his sophomore season. Cole Caulfield has signed a three-year entry-level contract with Montreal following Wisconsin's elimination from the first round 6-3 loss to Bemidji State. 700K this season, 832.5 next two seasons, and signing bonuses and performance bonuses. Not a bad... Polly, did you get a 700K job after graduating... In six years from college. <laughs> well, let's get this straight. I was in college for five years. Okay. While I did play college hockey for eight. You know, right. that's that's a whole that's a story for a different time. And you have um, and just so you know, Caps fans, or any prospective team uh, who's looking for a seasoned veteran and in, in the NCAA yeah. circuit. Paulie retains all four years of his college eligibility after playing eight years of college hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I did never play any, I never played for an ACHA or NCAA team. It was, you know, clubs and other organizations. 
played against ACHA teams. Right. But, um, you know, if, if you'll recall, and if the re- listeners will recall, this kind of reminds me of Kale McCarr. Um, he signed in 2019 after, and I know this happens every year. A couple guys do this, but you know, he's, he's a high profile guy. So, you know, it's kind of like Kale McCarr after UMass lost in the, the finals. I think he signed with the avalanche and played like a day or two later and had his first NHL goal in the playoffs. Yeah. So, and you know, be on Cole Caulfield alert. He had a good world juniors and he had a really good season. I think he was, he's a nominee for the Hobie Baker. Um, I, I don't know if they've given an out or not, but this kid's, this kid's special. So, you know, keep an eye on Montreal. He, he might make a splash. What position does he play? Uh, he's a forward. I'm not sure if he's okay. a wing. I think, I think he's a center. Because he's right. he's more of a playmaker, but I'm not sure. And so, just checking the the joke division of the Scotia North, Montreal is currently in a playoff spot, but they have 37 points. And Edmonton, who's the next up, has 43. Winnipeg, who has been silently, really quietly, just dominant, um, has 44 points, and Toronto has 46. So, Montreal, I don't know what they're thinking. But if if I go back to uh, our interview with Bayou Benders on Hockey Ocalypse, which seems like a year ago because I think it was, um, yeah, uh, he said he straight up said we're closer to winning a cup uh, than than the the Ma- the Maple Leafs are, and you look at these moves, you know, okay, Eric Stahl, that's a rental. I mean, they they're giving up very little for Eric Stahl and that's basically kind of a rental for them. And then you have uh, this bringing up Cole Caulfield who I know that uh, the Quebecois are just so hard for. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're just, I don't know if they're just bring, you know, they could be bringing up Cole Caulfield just to get some reps and, you know, welcome to the big leagues, dude. Let's see what you can do. Um, you know, he gets the luxury of skipping the minor leagues. So no AHL, no conditioning stint. He's right into the NHL. Um, and if he does do a Kale McCarr, you know, that's like best case scenario, right? He, if he does come in and instantly perform and the Canadians get into the playoffs, which they may or may not, it looks like they are in, um, they might go on a run. I mean, how hard would it be? Especially in that division, play some pretty defense. That's all you need. They have the backstop and carry price. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, the pieces are there. And this, you know, him at uh, Caulfield and Eric Stahl might be the boost they need. Yeah. I mean, and, and who knows if they're done or not. I don't know. All right. All right. So we're still doing brief, brief league news and we're 40, 40 minutes in. Um, what do you, what do you, let's do a quick rundown here of, of leaders for like, well, so the reason I put this in here, Uh I I just, I I put this in here to show that Ovechkin's tied in the the fourth place spot. He's only four goals behind Matthews for the goal lead. Uh, He's got 11 goals in his last 11 games. Uh, The points McDavid's clearly at at top 62. Next guy is his teammate dry 53. 
And then uh, defenseman Carlson is tied with Quinn Hughes in fourth for points. So, you know, the, the Caps boys are, are up there. And uh, I'll just I'll, – uh, I'll round this out real quick. Uh, Tuka Rask, he got injured against the, fly, or the Islanders last Thursday in his first game back from COVID protocol. He missed this weekend's games. Uh, Brad Marchand, he is out for COVID-19. Not sure when he'll be back. And good news is Kirby Dock made an early return after destroying his wrist in World Juniors. It was supposed to be a four- to five-month return or uh, time off, and he his, he's back already from his December 29th surgery. He had a shot on goal in 1904 of ice time. He said he feels good out there. And he's he's happy to get in the swing of things. So, good news there. Next oh, yeah. part is and, not good news. Yeah, and just one injury uh, to add uh, is Ekblad tonight. Uh, we're recording Sunday as as per tradition. Looks like he's in really bad shape. Got stretchered off um, after just taking a weird kind of like hit from from I don't even remember who it was, but I think they were playing Minnesota tonight. Um, at, no, not Minnesota. Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and took an awkward fall. It was, this looks like a hockey play. This is not, I can't yeah. fault anyone here for this. It's just kind of getting tangled up in the corner, but he lands like full weight on his left and his, his weight and his toe and his knee all go in three different directions. And I don't know. Um, it was enough for him to get stretchered off and he was literally on the ground writhing in pain. This is not something that you see a lot from hockey players, right? If you broken leg, you yeah. get up and fucking skate off with some help. Uh, but I would say that that's at least um, at the very least a torn major ligament in the knee, if not more like a shattered, like a broken or dislocated ankle, uh, maybe even the actual, straight up like bones in the, in the lower part of the leg being broken. Um, yeah. Looked bad. Yeah. It's nasty. Absolutely. So wish him well and hope for a speedy recovery, but it looks like his season may be over. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the caps. Let's get on to some, some better and brighter news. huh? Yeah. And you know, who's going to like talking about the caps, my man tank. What's up, man. I see your comment. <laughs> all right caps fans in today's uh washington rap round we got john tankovitz over here uh swinging his dick around showing his ass so you know there you go shout out shout love out tank love love to see it <laughs> love to see it all right uh what do we got here first so uh, on NHL.com, there's a, uh, a nice article talking about uh, Emily Engel-Notsky. She's uh, the video coach for the Bears. So, uh, you know, she's the first – or she's the only full-time member of a coaching staff in the NHL or AHL. So if you just go on to NHL.com, you can find the article talking about her. Um, it's it's part of their Gender Equality Month. So um, – yeah, I think we did a little we did a little segment on her in the beginning of the season. So Yeah. Yeah. Caps uh helping bridge the gap. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um <clears throat> you know, her 
it seems it seems like she's doing a great job in Hershey. Uh, Emily, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Come come school some scrubs on on how video coaching even works because we were never good enough to experience it. <laughs> yeah, I watched film one time in high school for hockey. <laughs> Um, okay, so Caps fans, first game, 325 versus New Jersey, uh, 7 p.m. You know, we're in the middle of like a five-game homestand here. We're killing it. Uh, that's a 4-3 win. In the first period, uh, two goals in the first four minutes, and it was just kind of a tit-for-tat. Merkley of the Devils scores, and then minutes later, Orlov scores. Uh, I think the Devils kind of outplay the Caps for most of the period, which is compounded by the two power plays that uh, the Devils got through just bad call. I mean, just through bad penalties on our part. So we get out of the first period even. Whereas I think at this point in the game, the Devils are like leading in shot attempts. Like we're they're we're we're they're materially ahead uh, in in things other than the scoreboard. Second period game breaks, game breaks open, uh, early no angler from Wood, which was just, uh, you know, people probably want to call that a soft goal, but it's just weird, right? Caught everybody off guard, nice hard shot, um, and, you know, boom, right? Just like that, down to one, though it was short lived as Sprong feeds Ovi. I mean, this is a beautiful play, like the, uh, yeah. Offense cracked wide open. The defense is retreating. Ovi kind of hangs back and off the boards. Sprong feeds him, you know, a, a great feed that he just tees up on a one timer, um, like a minute after Wood's goal. Caps kept pouring it on, and after an Ovi shot and a good Sprong, uh, Dylan net crash again. That line was all over. Kuzi um, just gets it and just kind of meanders around. Did you see this goal, dude? He just takes yeah. the takes the rebound. He's like, mm, not doing it yet, not doing it yet. And just such patience at no angle and just kind of flips it in the uh, the the goal at no angle. Incredible. Um, I I loved it. So we're holding a two goal lead, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, uh, I can't even keep track. But we're winning at this point. Um, <laughs> During the third, third, the Caps get away with two high sticks. Did you see this? I, you know, I'm going to be one, the first one to say the refs suck, but man, we got away with this one here. I think. No, I actually, I, I didn't catch these plays. Okay, at so, least I don't, rem- I don't remember. Yeah, no, the Caps, the Caps definitely got away with two high sticks uh, in the third period. The refs were terrible. Um, you know, a great play from Wilson to Sheary. Shiri is just a little speed demon out there, man. I his <clears throat> I think that if that's the type of guy that has the, the speed that if he's got hands that can keep up with his feet, he's like a uh, Saint Louis, you know, that type yeah. of dominate pe- player. Um, he got stuffed; nothing he could do at that speed. Uh, you know, remember that whole Russian tirade I went on on Thursday? Uh, yeah. Kuznetsov is just whipping it around. Uh, nobody's talking about trading him tonight. That's for sure. Um, he must have listened to the pod that day. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Caps, though, 
Okay, so we win, right? 4-3, we come out unscathed. I mean, it's a close game. I think that New Jersey, you know, you can't you can't discount them. You can't underrate a team that's young like that and has some decent talent. Um, you know, do I think they're a playoff team? Probably not. So we, we should have won this game, and we did. Uh, but the Caps had struggled all game to clear the puck. You know, I think that it's a death mm-hmm. sentence if – if there ever was one that if your team's showing early signs of like not being able to clear the puck in a game and they continue that trend through the second period, it's not a, it's, you know, you're fucked. Um, so I have a question for you. Would you rather have a perfect power play? Perfect. hundred percent. Your power play scores at a hundred percent. It's automatic or clear successfully on the first attempt. 95% of the time. Clear. Yeah. I think I would too. I think I would too. You know, uh, so my dad, he didn't grow up playing hockey. You know, he got into it as we played. And even, he, you know, at a young age, he saw, a young age for me, that he, he one of the first things he taught me about the game is bad things happen when you can't clear the puck. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that that's, you know, oh, it seems like unless it's on um, on a rush – most goals come when a team has extended control of the puck for, you know, a shift or two in the zone. You can't get it out. You get the guys tired, and that's when you get the goals in. So if you can't clear the puck, you're just going to get worn down, and they're going to get goals when you're tired and lazy. No doubt. And I think, um, you know, I don't – and it's so hard to go full speed one way, stop, and then go full speed the other way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, that's why you see – when coaches are bagging, bag skating like their team, you're just going f- straight, stopping full speed, and then going the exact opposite way. That shit mm-hmm. kills your everything, right? I mean, to do that at yep. full speed, that's just I'm, my my legs and lungs are burning just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm ready to puke. Yeah. Um, so one of those failed clears led to a bit of a makeup call on Jensen for a cross check. Uh, but that was resulted in a power play goal for Brett. So that was the four, three. We, you know, we give up one late. Um, but the caps luck continues with the koozie deflection off Severson for an own goal, which, you know, good when guys are feeling it, man, you know, throw it at the net. So, like I said, I'm going to be honest here. I think we got lucky getting this dub, but, you know, insert good teams find a way archetype diatribe there, right? Mm-hmm. Moving it, on. Man. Yeah. And moving on. So 326 the next day uh, in the evening, we assert our dominance over New Jersey pretty, pretty handily. Okay. Uh, we've got a – and so Vanacek was in the net, I believe, on 325. 326 and then today's game, it was Sammy. Um, mm-hmm. the, the devils, uh, again, at, at, uh, capital one four zero win. I mean, this was an, I mean, a pretty good beat down session, I'd say in the first, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, this is, this is what we expect from the capitals mm-hmm. when they're playing a non-playoff team in the division. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And all of our guys showed up, and then we got scoring from the depth. And solid goaltending, decent defense. You love to see it. Um, I wouldn't say it was like a, a full 60-minute effort or any or an incredible game, but it was a 
good result from a solid effort uh, from a team that should not have, you know, should have performed this exact way. Um, so, you know, we didn't, we didn't go world beat anyone, but it was just great to see. Uh, so in the first OV, a nice passing play from QZ six minutes in. And then this amazing little like feed from Wilson uh, to Backstrom later on. So we're going into the second two, nothing. Um, I fell asleep during the second. I'm going to be honest. It was very boring and I was tired. Uh, woke up just in time to catch the third. Shiri snipes one after the Caps take a couple penalties. And then finally, Ovi scores again to cap it off. Ovi rules. Um, Sammy, man, he looked unbeatable this game. He is making his way out of the woodshed in my eyes. Uh, do I think that he is a long-term full-time starter where I'm ready to sell the house and farm for him? Not yet. No, but... He's looking good. And to have him and VTech as a tandem is nice. Especially because both of those goalies have such differing styles, I think. You know, mm-hmm. I look at VTech and I think, okay, he's a little bit more technically sound. Uh, but I think Sammy's really kind of bringing it up in that sense, too, as far as being huge, athletic, and hulking, and, and also. Get, I think he does a little bit better on rebound control, probably, but uh, two very good goalies with slightly differing styles, I'd say. Yeah, I'm comfortable with them being um, a 50 50, 60 40 situation. I think just based on what's been going on, who's been getting what games, I think if it, if it comes down to one game, I think Lavulette's going to go with Sammy. But, really? Uh, yeah, uh, I think honestly, if 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 we had a, a guaranteed seven games in a series and no back to backs, I kind of feel like Lavulette might play Sammy five out of seven, maybe four and three. But I think no matter what, in a seven game series. Samsonov is getting the four games. Just it just seems like Lovelet's kind of favoring him. So here's the thing. I think that we're in a stage of the schedule where it doesn't matter what goalie you play, but I've seen a lot of buzz, especially from McClellan, questioning whether they need to make a move at trade deadline. So they're giving Sammy these starts, I think. One, to prove himself, but if he kills it like he did in the New Jersey game, the second New Jersey game on the 26th, that he could, you know, steal the net from VTech. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous uh, episodes. You, If you want to play for the Caps, if you want to start in the net for Caps, you need to steal the net. Yeah. So, it, in any case, it's good to see Sammy playing with some swag. Love to see it. Feel kind of bad for VTech. He hasn't had an incredible stretch here, but he's also had less starts. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. I, again, who knows if that is designed or whether they're just trying to trot out Sammy to see how many, like what if he's gonna if he's gonna crack or not. Basically, you know, um, right? Leading him up the chain to to hang himself on it if need if need be. Um, but moving on, three twenty eight. That's today as we're recording. Matinee game against the Islanders. So 
Polly, I didn't get to watch this whole thing. I had to work. So what do you got? All right. Well, so it was, you know, on the, the big NBC and Cap's Twitter hated it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't really hear much of the game, but uh, from what I could tell, Cap's Twitter felt like they were being pretty hard on Tommy, which it makes it more beautiful that the kind of game he had today. But uh, <laughs> so we had a scoreless first period. Both teams came out ready to play. They were trading chances and, you know, zipping around out there. I noticed around the 12 minute mark, there was a nice play by Dylan. Um, it was you know, a guy had the puck a couple, a couple feet up from the goal line. And he was sending it over and Dylan got his stick down and, and, it would have, it was a wide open ranger on the back door. So yeah. that was a, a nice play that helped keep the, the first period scoreless. Yeah. And we so, go into- so just real quick, I think Dylan, he, though he is a big body, I think that he really is. He's got this knack for picking off passes from, you know, wherever that, that is. I feel like he's, I feel like they're always talking about, you know, whenever you hear like, Oh, it's a great stick by it's always Dylan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think he's he's got good instincts and he's very athletic. Yeah, absolutely. So heading into the second period, uh, it's the second power play of the game, and the Rangers uh, was the Caps' second power play of the game, and the Rangers started getting a a two on one, and uh, Zibanejad was he got the puck and he was getting some open space, and Obi had a nice back check, back check, back check and disrupted Zibanejad. So he pulled up and, you know, it all dispersed, but Obi deserves a shout out for that. Playing some nice defense there. Just midway under the, uh, the second period, uh, midway mark, Tom Wilson blocks a shot at the point, bounces off him to Verona. Verona splits the D goes down, gets a shot on net. Willie cleans it up with a backhand, a, a backhand goal. Dude. It was beautiful. Yeah. What a tip. And eat your fucking heart out, Sidney Crosby. Tom Wilson is better a play- hockey player than you. Oh, that one didn't happen yet. Oh, what? Oh, this is That's the... the second goal. This oh, is my the God. first goal. Fuck. Sorry. So, <laughs> so, two minutes later, uh, Ovi is in the corner. And on a centering attempt for Kuzi, who's back door, it goes off of the guy defending Ovi for his 11th goal in 11 games. This guy is so good that when he tries to pass, he scores. Dude, and you look at that, and I'm sure detractors are going to be like, that's luck, you know, and yeah, it is. It's a lot of luck. But do you know how hard you have to wing the puck for it to do what it did? I mean, it yeah. like it bounced off the, the stick, and I think it hit the ground and bounced back up and then and then had to hit the, hit the goalie and go in. Yeah, I mean, it looked like even though it deflected off of a player, it looked like it was just a straight up shot, like coming in. Yeah, yeah, right, like, right. Like a fucking that thing hard shot. came in with velocity. Yeah, yep. And then a couple minutes later, Stanley Cup champion Tom Wilson, after coming out of the box, uh, he gets another backhand goal off of a rebound again. This is the one you were talking about. It's a yeah. few feet in the air, backhanded. Um, Three nothing heading into the break. They looked. They, they didn't even look at it that long. It looked like it could have. It was close, but they right. determined very quickly that it was not a high stick. Um, just beautiful. What a, what a skilled play. 
Absolutely. And like I said, Tom Wilson is better than Sidney Crosby. There it that is. That proves it. it. Proves it right there. So three nothing lead going into the break. Five minutes in, Kuzi breaks out the bird when he makes it four to nothing. And then things get scary. The Rangers, they grab two quick ones. And then Oshie does what Oshie does best. Tips in uh, Justin Schultz point shot. Um, I was hoping Ovi got it, but it was Oshie, which that's fine. Uh, still beautiful, wonderful. Q Country yeah. Roads. And then uh, later, Kerr in, <laughs> I think autocorrect got me here. Yeah. Uh, Crater. Crater, not Chrysler. Um, they scored to cause some more panic in Caps Nation, uh, but the Caps did hold on to win five to four. They had Wilson out there in the last minute or so to get an empty net, but he actually he he made an effort at it. But there was a back checker that took away his chance to get the hat trick. Uh, but you know the Caps hold on five to four. Goals from Oshi, Ovi, Kuzi, and Wilson. And this this was a Stars game. Yeah. Love to see it. That's what we're paying them the big bucks for, right? I mean, this is <clears throat> exactly the type of of game you love to see, aside from letting up all those late goals. Now, I will say, though, the Rangers are a talented team, and we've talked about how well they match up with the Caps before. And even before they went down 4 nothing, the uh, Panarin hits post. They hit a couple posts before. You know, they were... <clears throat> It's it. They were more competitive than the score dictated, right? And I feel yeah. like if you look at these games, like at the end of them, a a five four win, I'd be like, okay, that sounds like a Rangers and Caps games in in twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the the scoreboard accurately depicted what the game was like. It's just the the timing of the scoring I think is what panics people. Sure. And yeah. and that's you know, that's what's funny about it. If if it was tit for tat the whole game, everybody would be like, Oh, what an amazing game by the Caps to 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 out shoot them or you know, beat them in the shootout. Right. Um but because it happened this way and, and it's almost like the Rangers finally got what they deserved in the third period for all their hard work in the previous two periods. Exactly. So it's, I don't think it's as much the Caps meltdown. I think it was just a competitive game, and the Caps were getting the bounces earlier in the game, uh, hence the Ovi goal. And yeah. then, you know, then the Rangers were finally rewarded. And, you know, speaking of Ovi, he's now at 724 career goals. He's eight away from being number five all time. That's crazy. That, yeah, that's Marcel <sighs> Dion. 731. So seven ties it. Eight puts him number five on the list. And Brett Hall is well within reality. Because I think he needs like 20 to get to Holy. So. Yeah. Hall, Hall is 10 above Dion. So if Ovi scores 18 more goals, he'll be tied for fourth. Wow. Or 17 more. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I would like to point out Justin Schultz has like his 16th or 7th, 16th point, 15th point tonight. Um, <clears throat> he only needs 20 more for me to win a bet against State of Hoppy and hopefully partake in a delicious Minnesota beer. 
Yeah, I think I think it's is it is it fifteen points or fifteen assists? Yeah, he's no, got he fifteen has... assists. Oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. He's got a couple points. goals. He's got sixteen points. Fifteen or sixteen points, or sixteen or seventeen points. Seventeen so, points. He has seventeen points. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Halfway right. there. Absolutely, absolutely. Halfway there, baby. Stay to Hoppy. I'm coming for your ass. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> anyways, like I said at the top of the show, I've never been wrong, so I'm not really sweating this at all. Uh, and I was not wrong. And Paul, Polly, you, you, you clearly felt that I was onto something because you copied me last week <laughs> and said that the Caps were going to go three and zero on a rare three and zero, a clean three and zero. I know Polly likes to put these weird fucking caveats in. Um, <laughs> about like overtime wins, overtime losses, you know, shit like that. Nope. Caps take it down undefeated this week. Three and oh, we're rolling. Um, you know, I feel oddly good about this team, which is probably means that they're terrible, but I like it. I like where we're going. Um, let's talk about just trade deadline stuff real quick and then we'll wrap this up. All right. I, for one, do not want the Caps to move on anyone. I don't. I don't think they need to. Um, the LTIR guys are, you know, for the most part, going to be gone at the end of this season. So, like Lundqvist, he's out. He's not against the Cat anymore. Kempney, uh, you know, we'll see what happens if he comes back or not. Um. And what happens there. But he's nearing sort of like within the last couple of years of his contract. Uh, I mean, if he can come back and be the Kempney that was the 2018 playoffs Kempney, then yeah, that's it's amazing. That's money well spent. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the player that we have to give up in the expansion draft. So, very interesting. Um and, you know, we just last week we broke the news or we didn't break it, but we shared the news that uh, TVR was re-signed for two years at a pretty good deal. Honestly, I like that. I like that contract a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's being slated to play later or being slated to be shipped out. Who knows? But what is your thoughts? I, I mean, people are saying maybe a goalie. We could do what we've done for the past like five years and get another defenseman. I don't. I think we should hold tight unless an amazing deal comes up. Yeah, I can't really think of anyone in particular that I want moved, and I can't think of anything we necessarily need. Um, if I had to pick something right now, I'd say maybe, maybe if you could send off two taxi squad guys and get something valuable in return there. Um, if we're going to trade a goalie, you know, without knowing the cap hit, I don't really know who we could get if we're going to trade a goalie. Um, I think our two goalies can get us there. Yeah. But, you know, if we're going to trade for a goalie, uh, bring back Holpe. (laughs) And I'm pretty worried about, I don't know what the hell, um, how, you, like you said, like we'd have to give up some pretty major pieces of the team, I think, to make room for anybody else. 
that is of mm-hmm. impact other than depth. We could get depth. We could get somebody that's like a million and a half or under. I, th- I believe that. I believe that for sure. We could probably get him for pretty cheap. I mean, as far as like a prospect, a draft pick, whatever the hell that means. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, maybe we should uh, maybe we should trade Siegenthaler to L.A. for uh, DSP. <laughs> I bet we could just probably just get that get DSP for uh, very little for for uh, something lesser than than Siegenthaler, who's a, probably a bona fide NHL defenseman on another squad. No offense yeah. to DSP, no offense to DSP, but uh, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Captain's next games are the 30th uh, against the Rangers so again um, at New York and then at the Islanders on April Fool's Day and then a, another back-to-back at New Jersey and then on the 4th at New Jersey again. 4-0, and Hockey Troll prediction. Uh, um, 3-1. 3-1, Polly fucking buzzkill. No, three zero oh, and one. Oh, th- oh, three zero oh, and one. Okay, so yeah, coming with points. coming home with points in every single one. All right, well, fine. Yeah, uh, you know, just before we wrap up, something to look forward to for the uh, next episode. The mm-hmm. Frozen Four just became set this evening, and next or April eighth and tenth, you have. UMass playing Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State playing Minnesota State. So tune in for Thursday's episode. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. All right, Caps fans. Until Thursday, Talkie Trill, Polly Cupcakes. Signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trill podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore.